This podcast is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. Ooh, that was an interesting cadence. <laughs> Did you that like kinda, that? No, kind of threw me off, but we'll go with it. I had I had a feeling it would, but I was listening to another podcast this morning, and that's how that person brought it in. And I was like, oh, I'll do that too. That'll throw Erica off. Yeah, no, that's terrible. All right. Well, we should announce the winners of our coffee cup giveaway. Let's do it. So, Lene Williams, or Lanai, I really wish I knew how you pronounce your name. Lene sounds good. But if it's Lanai, that's nice, too. I know. It's L-Y-N-A-E. I think it's Lene. I'm going to say Lene. Or do you want to say Lene, and I'll say Lene? Or Lanai. Or Lanai. Okay. Either way, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for entering. Yeah. The second one is Martha Crystal. Uh, the third one is Tony Marie. Rachel Tony Danza. <laughs> It's not Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> Wish it was. Yeah. We'd be way more popular if it was Tony Danza. Uh, would we though? Is he is he relevant? I think so. I think okay. I think Tony Danza is always relevant. See the guy from Cheers or the other one? <sighs> no, he's from Who's the Boss and Angels in the Outfield. That's Taxi. right. I never watched Who's the Boss. Oh my god, you're kicked off the podcast. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, we already went over this in the Alyssa Milano episode, remember? We did an Alyssa Milano episode? No, we did the JC Lee Dugard and she went by Alyssa because of Who's the Boss. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. And who's the guy from Cheers then? Tony Danza. No, you're thinking of Ted Danson. Yeah, same thing. No, Ted Danson's totally different. Although he does play a baseball or a former baseball pitcher in Cheers like Tony Danza plays in Angels, uh, in, Angels the in the Outfield. So yep. there are okay. some similarities, but Tony Danza is Sam Mayday Malone in Cheers. All right. All right. And the last winner is uh, Trickle Nickel. Yeah. Yeah. She had some trouble with the... <laughs> <laughs> she had some technical trouble with the giveaway because Grant and I are idiots. And well, we, we didn't... are technically troubled, so that makes sense. Yeah, and we didn't know that you couldn't share somebody else's story to your story. So we told you guys to share our story to your story when that's not even a thing you're allowed to do. So we felt but really it bad. it used to be. Sorry. It used to be in our defense. Instagram changed things. See, and we're only like 80% sure of that, but we both remember being able to share stories. <laughs> I'm I'm 100%. We didn't get the memo that they were changing things, but I think yeah. they did. Well, congratulations to you five and look out for a message from us on your Instagram. Speaking of five, we do have a five-star rate and review that we can share too. So card designs. Thank you for your comment. But my favorite part of the whole thing is thank you for the term Mexican American, which uh. I couldn't agree with more. I think it's the funniest thing you've ever said. So I'm a huge fan. Card Design and I can be great friends. Yeah. She also put that she listens because of the idiots at her work, right? Oh, yeah, she did. She said, you guys make me laugh, which is great because I listen at work. I'm surrounded by idiots, which that's from The Lion King, too. When Scars goes, Ugh, I'm surrounded by idiots. So yep. I'm a big Lion King fan, so I appreciate that too. Well, and I think everybody can relate to that. Everybody except right. me. I don't work with any idiots, but no, I have. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've almost exclusively only worked with idiots. People at Erica's work, when Erica hires them, last on average about, I don't know, three to six hours. So Yeah, but Miranda lasted a lot longer. Miss you. Yeah, love I know. you, Miranda. Yeah. She's she's probably coming back too. So Yeah. Hopefully. 
So you want to get into this week's case now that the business is over? Yeah, I think so. I think people have either skipped ahead at this point and aren't listening to this anymore or are tired of us talking about yeah. this. Oh. So. oh, real quick, too. If you didn't win on the giveaway or you couldn't figure it out, like how we were idiots and didn't realize we made it so difficult. I do want to let you guys know that we are going to be launching our website pretty soon. So if you go to fromcrimetocrime.com and put in your email address, you'll get an email when our website goes live and you can buy a coffee cup if you want to. And that's coming very soon. We need to handle a few more things on that, but it is it is very much coming. So, all right, we are going to kick it all the way back to May 4th, 1984 for this episode. What was the song on the radio <laughs> or on the country charts in what year is it? 1984? Yeah, the number one song was Right or Wrong by George Strait. I don't know the words to that off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's a good one. You yeah. don't know it? Nope, but hey, I'm... We got you to sing, and really, that's what I was going for. Yeah, so. but I'm going to edit that out when I upload this. So it'll just be you saying, oh, we got you to sing, but nobody heard it. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope we're all surprised and heard uh, your little your little ditty. No. So May 4th, 1984, around 11.30 p.m., three teenagers were driving along Old Line Road in a rural area of Vernon County, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, huh? Yep. So a few miles outside of the town of Westby, which is a population Westie? of like- Westby? It's called Westy? No, it's called Westby. W oh, Westby. W-E-S-T-B-Y. Huh. That's not a lot better than Westy, yeah. but all right. It's fine. This town has a population of like 2,300 people. So it's it's a pretty rural area. Lots of farmland and stuff. Big Packer fans. Definitely. Ugh. And the Brewers. Don't forget that. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're big Vikings fans over here, so Packers You are. Fans. I could care Ugh. less. But what do you have against the Brewers? Anything or you just like to make noises? No, I just, I don't know. Yeah. Anything Wisconsin related is- Offensive to all of our Wisconsin listeners? Sorry about her. It's offensive to all of our Minnesota listeners is what it is. <laughs> I almost spit my tea out, but <laughs> you're probably very right. That probably I'm just that messing. feud runs I'd, deep. Yeah, I'm just messing. It's fine. Um, the Packers suck. Everybody knows that. I have a Packers jersey, but I only Rant? bought it because. Are you shitting me? Listen, listen. I bought it because it's for Ryan Grant, who is a running back. So it says Grant across the back, and my name is never anywhere. Like I can never find my name on license plates. That's why I bought it. It was like twenty five bucks. It was a steal. I had to do it. I will buy you a Vikings jersey and have your name put on the back of it. Okay, I'm interested, and I'll wear it. I need, and I love purple actually. So yeah, and then you'll burn your Packers jersey. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Put your money where your mouth is and then I'll do it. I will. Okay. I'll put your money where your mouth is. We share a bank account. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> God, I so, need to make better choices. Yep. So these three teenagers were driving along this old line road in this rural area of Vernon County, Wisconsin. While they were driving along this gravel road, they came across the body of a woman and they were extremely disturbed. So they drove to the nearest farm and they called the authorities and an officer named Jim Hansen responded to the call. The teens led him to where the body was. Jim Hansen? Oh. Jim Hansen, Never yeah. Mind. All right. I was thinking of Jim Hansen. Thinking... Yeah. Oh. That's who invented the, like the Muppets. So I was like, no way. Oh, but I it's... thought you were thinking of Chris Hansen. Oh, that'd been good too. Yeah. I was like, no, it's neither one of those guys though. So this officer, Jim Hansen responded to the call. And when he pulled up, he first noticed tire tracks in the gravel that looked like somebody made a U-turn and then booked it out of there. But he quickly saw the body of a woman beaten badly in the head. 
Ooh, God. She was clothed, but her hands had been cut off at the wrists and were not anywhere at the scene. Ooh. Yeah. And obviously they took the hands for not to be, not, not be able to identify her, right? It seems like it. I mean... Do your toes not have similar... They take babies' footprints, like... Yeah, I think they do, but... Like when you get arrested or get your fingerprints put on file, they don't take your footprints. They take your fingerprints. So, Oh, yeah, that's probably true. Never mind. Yeah. So the likelihood that somebody's footprint would be on file is pretty low. Unless they're at like the Chinese theater where they imprint shoes into cement. Probably yep. not. So she was taken to the coroners, and after an autopsy, it was determined that she was 50 to 65 years old. So she was an older woman. Which is interesting with these. You normally don't do Jane Doe's that are older right they're usually like younger girls maybe mostly you know sex workers runaways yeah something like that but it's not often it's an older person because older people have more time to know people so yeah connection someone knows usually knows who they are yeah so she was white about 5'5 150 pounds she had short hair that was dark brown and it was permed because this is 1984 Yeah, yeah, absolutely it was. <laughs> yeah, and it says that it was graying at the roots, so I don't know if they mean that it was growing in gray, like her hair was colored brown, or if she was starting to go gray. I don't, I don't know, or maybe they don't know. I don't know. Well, as a hairdresser, I know to me think... it seems like a pretty important detail. But as a hairdresser, wouldn't you think that most likely she dyed it and it was growing in? Yes, but they don't say yeah. that her hair was dyed brown. They say that it was brown and graying at the root. So just the way it's worded is kind of awkward. I guess they don't know then. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking is. Or maybe in 84, the guys who were doing the report, they were like, yeah, her hair's brown and then gray. You know, maybe Uh, it's like, yeah, that could be. Maybe I'm overthinking that a little bit. (laughs) So she had blue eyes and a five inch vertical scar on her abdomen. Hmm. Would that have been for like a C-section? Um, I I don't know. It, It could be, I guess. I mean, back a long time ago, they used to do C-sections vertically instead of horizontally. But I don't know when they used to do them vertically. I don't know if five inches would have been big enough for a C. Like, I know now they're really small incisions and they do them horizontally. Yeah. But I think, you know, back when she would have been having kids, which she was found in 1984 and she was in her 50s or 60s. So when she would have been having kids, it would have been way back in the 40s or 50s. Right. I I believe they did do C-sections vertically. I just don't know if five inches is big enough for a C-section. Yeah, I guess it depends on when in the term that happened, too. But Yeah. And it's never been described as a C-section scar. It's being described as a five-inch vertical scar. So it could be for like a bowel obstruction or something like that, too. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe a, a, you know, appendix removal or something. I don't know. Could be. Her clothing was unique, though. What was she wearing? Well, it was possibly homemade. Cool. Since there was no tags. It says that either the tags were removed or it was homemade. And I don't know, judging by the looks of them and the unique buttons and fastens on them, it does seem pretty possible that it was homemade. So she was wearing a brown and blue plaid coat with pink and purple lining. Until the pink and purple lining, I was starting to think she might have been Amish. Yeah, I know. But she was wearing brown shoes, a black dress with blue and white paisley print, a blue turtleneck, nylons, and brown shoes, which I already said, but I wrote it twice in my notes, so I said it twice. (laughs) It's an important detail. Yeah, apparently. So interesting outfit, and it does look homemade, to be honest with you. Like, her items of clothing look homemade. There's pictures of them on NamUs. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
So they estimated that she had died within 24 or 48 hours before she was found. Yeah, so not very long at all. But her face was not very recognizable because of her injuries. So they did find a lot of information about her in this autopsy, but no identification. What was going on with her face? She had been violently beaten severely to the left side of her head and face. Oh, damn. Yeah. So much so that her jaw, her eye socket, and her dentures were all broken. Wow. Some of her dentures were missing. Like, pieces of her dentures were missing. Wow. That seems like she got hit a lot and very hard for a while. Yeah. So that made identification very difficult. So they just called her the Vernon County Jane Doe. And they assumed that somebody would report her missing fairly quickly because she was an older woman. Like they thought somebody was going to call and say they hadn't seen their grandma or their aunt or, you know. Their mom. Yeah. Their wife. But I mean, I think initial thought on this is it might have been a domestic violence thing. Yeah. So she also had wounds that appeared to be from a knife near her ear. They don't describe them as stab wounds, but. Like ear to ear or like on each side of her No, face? near her ear. Just one ear? Yes. Everything was okay. concentrated on the left side of her face. Okay. And her left ear. Hey, that makes a ton of sense though because if she was driving as a passenger in a car, like the car that flipped around, mm-hmm. um, her left side would have been the one exposed. Yes. And so like if th- some dude just started wailing on her, that's the side that would have taken the brunt of the- of the hit, but sounds like you were already onto that. I don't. I thought I discovered something important. No, no, that's a totally valid point. Also, if they were face to face, like eighty something percent of the population is right-handed, so that mm, would concentrate yeah. the wounds on the left side of her face if they were standing face to face when she was. Attacked. I didn't think about that. I, I thought more of like they were in the car, but yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. That would. That would make sense, too. Yeah. So judging by the lack of blood and struggle evidence at the scene, they do surmise that she was dumped there after her death. So maybe she was attacked in a car because they don't think she was attacked at that scene. It was just a dumping location. The only thing that makes me think that it didn't happen in the car, which who, who what do we know? But with the hands being removed, that seems like an outside job that I don't think that's something that somebody's doing in their car. So but again, well, it could if have they been... do, it's pretty ruined, I would think. Yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. why I think they're not doing it, because you can't just I mean, you can just dump a car, but it's not often that somebody will. Yeah. And no car was found. That was like a bloody crime scene. So, yeah. So they tracked down all the leads that they had and it was going nowhere. And since no one had come forward to report her missing, the authorities broadcast her case on local news channels. Seems like good police work. Yeah. Yeah. The authorities really did a good job in this case. Like they tried everything. And a couple called in after these news reports to report something suspicious that they saw on the night that her body was found. So they were outside of Westby off cut across road and they saw a bright yellow car that looked like possibly a 1982 Datsun and this car was parked and a man was on the outside of the car near the passenger side and when he saw this couple he rushed back to the driver's side and drove off super quick that is suspicious yeah they thought it was kind of weird after they heard the reports of this woman's body being found fair i mean that's that's suspicious activity Definitely report it. Yeah, so the authorities searched where the tipster said that this had happened, and they found some pretty interesting things. So they found tire tracks in the gravel, like the couple had said, where he peeled off. 
and they found a men's Seiko timepiece or a watch that had the serial number 5498 on it. Were they able to track down like where it was sold or anything? I mean, I wouldn't think that they registered them at that point, but... No. No, no it was okay. too common of a watch. But like even in like a vicinity, like I would thought, think maybe they like would track, you know these things but maybe they do now and they didn't then yeah well they tried i mean they ran down every lead but everything led nowhere so they also found blood from an unknown source which i don't know if that means they collected it or didn't collect it i don't know because this was kind of before dna so they may have just been like "Ooh, cover that up there's blood here <laughs> Ew, yuck. <laughs> spray, <laughs> yeah. Spray it down yeah exactly so they also found a piece of denture that matched Jane Doe. Oh, Doe's. no way. Yes. Really? Oh, well, yes. now, now we're on to something. Yeah, so this broken piece of denture had a serial number on it. Crazy. It had the numbers 420 and 289. They tracked down those leads, too, but unfortunately, with dentures, serial numbers aren't assigned to the customer. Like, they're assigned at the manufacturing of the denture, but not once it's sold to a dentist and then given to a patient. Like, they didn't keep track of any of that. There was no database to where each serial number went. Has that changed? I don't know. Do you know? Because that's interesting. I didn't even think once in my life that dentures would have serial numbers. You know, you know, you think of some some things sometimes and you're like, wow, I've never thought of that before. Serial numbers on dentures is definitely (laughs) on that list. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But also it's like they probably were like, why would we ever need to track that? You know, it's like, well, this might be why. Yeah, but a lot of these things, until there's a reason, they don't do anything. And now they found a reason. So I also just don't understand. I guess... In the manufacturing standpoint, it's so that the, if there's a defect that they find later or whatever, I guess they can recall them. But it's like, what's the point of giving assigning serial numbers to something if you're not going to track them? I think we just need to all go to the, the microchip implanted in us, and that way they can scan <laughs> us in like the dogs in the vet. Yeah. And they'll just know everything. We'll let you be patient zero for that. Yeah, fine. I don't, what do yeah. I have to lose? Yeah. So anyway, I, it. it probably is more traceable now but i also think that could be because computers are more except i mean think about 1984 they may not even have had a computer at your dentist office oh yeah that's very likely yeah so i guess it's just easier to keep track of things now with excel spreadsheets you know well yeah i mean even like inventory systems i'm sure i don't have to tell you but you can scan something in it pops up on your computer You know, it's in, you scan it out and put it to the proper file or wherever it's supposed to go. So, yeah, I'm sure that there's something along those lines. Yeah. So this location that they found this piece of denture and the watch and the blood was only about three miles from where Jane Doe's body was found. That's super interesting. That I mm-hmm. think that is extremely interesting stuff. Yeah. So at this point, they're thinking that he might have tried to dump her body in this location. And then that couple pulled up and scared him off. I could see that. Yeah. So then he drove three miles down the road and that's where he dumped her. Yeah. No, I. that sounds very likely, right? You know, like he starts doing this. It's nighttime at this, what's it called? Cut across road. Yeah. You know, he's cutting across. He's just looking to make a quick dump and go. But instead, somebody's there. 
Ah, shit. Turn around and you're out of there. Yep. So they tried to track down the serial number on the watch, the serial number on the dentures. They put public bulletins up, kind of starting locally and then branching out more towards other areas of Wisconsin and Minnesota and Iowa and tried to get the word out. But eventually the leads dried up and she was buried under the headstone that just said Jane Doe found May 4th, 1984. That's it. That's all we know. Nothing else. No, there's still more. Oh, good. Yeah, but eventually it dried up to where they just had to... They had to bury her. I mean, there was no more leads. But they still compared her to every missing woman that matched her approximate age and description, including women that went missing like in the 1940s. Dude. That went missing like in their 20s. So they would be in their 50s or 60s by the 80s. You know, that was hard to say. Yeah. I mean, they compared her to every missing woman in the country that matched her description or her approximate age and no matches. Nothing. That's so bizarre. I usually have some pretty like out there theories on how these things happen. But this one, like this seems so normal, you know, like somebody makes it to their 60s. You're thinking they had a pretty not not easy life by any means, but you're thinking like they've made connections with people. People know who they are, where they are. Yeah. They didn't give up though, because in June of 2013, a local news station ran a documentary special called Catching Her Killer, Justice for Jane Doe. And it was like a two or three part documentary all about this Jane Doe and her case. And it was fantastic. So this is still a pretty big case in that area. Yeah. Tons of new tips were called in after that aired too. And they were all invested. Yeah, and they were all investigated super thoroughly, but nothing led to her ID. So they were pretty highly aware that she was not likely from the local area. Oh. They figured that with all the coverage this had gotten and how big it was, somebody would know this woman was missing if she was from the area. But it got national attention, so... No, it did not. Oh, it didn't? No. Well, it is now. (laughs) International, too. It still hasn't yet because they did. But I mean, right now, you and me right now. Oh, yeah. But I'm in June of 2013. A local news station ran a documentary special. So they've tried to get the word out as far as they could, but it was still very localized to this area. It wasn't as easy back in the 80s to get the word out you know, across the country. They didn't have social media. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have TikTok. But they had TVs with everybody who watched the news. Like, yeah, but they had to. Maybe not all the time, like now, but they watched the news. So, but a, but a news station in New York or LA or Boston is not going to run a story about a Jane Doe that was found in Wisconsin. They just weren't going to do it. It wasn't local news. And that's probably still true. I mean, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the not our like way of thinking, but that's a lot of like the news outlets way of thinking is like they're on their own. Totally. So on August 12th, 2015, her body was exhumed. Ooh, hate when they exhume bodies. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It really does suck. Especially August doesn't feel like the right time of year to be doing that kind of business, but... 30 years later? Ugh, like... But it's also in Wisconsin, so they have to do... I was thinking summertime is hot, that sucks to have to do that, but I guess in the wintertime the ground's frozen, so you can't do it then either. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, so they did exhume her, though, because they thought that maybe with a DNA profile and new forensic testing, something would lead to her identity. So around this time, they also launched a social media campaign on Facebook for her. They like created a Facebook page for her. That's probably the best place to start, especially yeah. in 2013. That's mm-hmm. that's where No, this is 2015. Went. 
now. Well, 2015, I mean, that's still a really good place to start. Yeah, back then, Facebook was like super relevant. Yeah. I mean, it's still relevant for certain things, especially groups like this. Yeah. But it was much more relevant at that point, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they were hoping that if they could identify her, that they'd be able to identify her killer, obviously. Because they have no leads on who killed her. They don't have a male DNA profile or fingerprints or anything. So their best shot at trying to catch her killer is trying to identify her to see who would want to kill her. Being that this is like from Wisconsin, any, what about like, could they have been from Canada? Are we even looking in the right country? Well, we don't know because we don't know who she is. Good point. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's not out of the question. Totally not out of the question. Although the witnesses, I don't I don't know if they mentioned that maybe the license plates were Canadian or not. Probably didn't think to look, honestly. I mean, yeah. when you see something like that going down, I'm not looking at the license plate right away. No, and their license plates aren't weird. They're not like Europe where they're like long and wide or anything. They look just like yeah. our license plates. So yeah. I don't know like at just a glance that you would even notice. You know a lot about Canadian license plates. I'm pretty surprised. I live in Vegas, dude. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but Vegas and Canada don't share a border. No, but Vegas is a huge tour. Like they drive down oh, our streets here. here. Every single car has a different state license plate. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, we see all, and that's why I see a lot of them from Alberta and Victoria. I was going to say Alberta. Alberta has that like blue sweeping font. That's a nice one. Yeah, see, you know what's up. I do, yeah. And I know enough about Canadian license plates too. I just want to give you a hard time. Yeah. So by December of 2015, a new reconstruction of Jane Doe was released because they had made one in the beginning when they had found her body and it never led to her identification. So they thought, well, maybe a refresh with new forensic stuff. And the second forensic picture of her is very similar, but also very different (laughs) than the first one. The stuff they can do with the forensic drawings now is insane. I mean, it looks like a real person. Oh, yeah. The tablets that they use are are so, so good. Yeah, it doesn't look like a weird claymation celebrity deathmatch version of somebody (laughs) celebrity deathmatch nice reference good job you know what i'm talking about though the older ones from like the 70s and the 80s they're always scary looking they always look like i totally do i wonder if ai art is going to like become a big thing in in this if it hasn't already i mean you see some of those ai paintings and you're like damn that looks so real i wonder if that is that like the next piece of it yeah i don't know But those new reconstructions of her, though, still haven't led to any leads or her identity or anything. So in May of 2018, the detectives sent the clothing she was wearing to a lab to see if there was anything else they could learn. And that's when they discovered pollen on her clothing that didn't match the area she was found. It did not match Wisconsin. Dude, that is so trippy that that's like how they can identify people is with pollen off of her clothes. Yeah. What? That's wild. Yeah. And I don't know if her clothing was kept in evidence or if she was buried with it. I'm sure they kept it in evidence, right? I mean. I know. I originally thought that she was buried with it. Honestly, I know me too. But then now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, why would they bury her in that? They would have, I don't know, kept that as evidence. They didn't have anything else. Yeah, they would have put a dress on her. I'm sure they kept her clothing as evidence. But either way, they obviously either they dug it back up or they kept it. (laughs) 
because they Either sent it off they and they it. just yeah because they sent it off and they got pollen and like i said it was determined that it was not from wisconsin that's just wild that's so crazy where At- did did you say where they thought it would be from did i miss that no i'm about to though i was just waiting for you to say where is it from <laughs> oh perfect <laughs> <laughs> We're getting better um, at this podcasting thing. At least yeah. at least this week. Next week we'll be all over the place, but this week we're doing a lot better. I feel like this week we're kind of all over the place too, but it's fine cuz this is a really short case. If we didn't let Grant derail us on this one, we would have been done already. See? You're welcome everybody. You would have been done with this by now. Yeah. So the pollen was determined that it was most likely from an urban area of Arizona or New Mexico. Okay, so not even from the same vicinity like down no, south. Nowhere close. That's interesting. Yeah. So maybe they were on a road trip, but like, you don't really go on a road trip with somebody you want to kill. Yeah. Oh, people do that all the time. That, well, that's true. <laughs> I just came back from vacation. So with my family. So I understand it. Yeah. So she was either from Arizona or New Mexico or had been there. She had to have been there recently, right? Like, yeah, for pollen to still be on her clothes, right. I'd imagine. I don't know how long pollen lasts. Does it last through a washing or not? I have no idea. But what if she just was visiting there and, you know, could be. But yeah. either way, she was there. It is unlikely, though, that the word got all the way to Arizona or New Mexico in the 80s when this first happened. Like, it's pretty unlikely that it got that far. Nowadays, with social media and everything else, it could get that far. But there's got to be another big social media push on this, you know. So go to our Instagram at From Crime to Crime, and we are going to make a huge social media push on this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. All right. So the last update on this Jane Doe was in May of 2019 when the DNA Doe Project took on her case. So she is listed as an active case and her status is research in progress. Oh, does that mean they have some new stuff? No, that means they're researching her genetic genealogy to try to identify her. But the fact that she's active and her research has been in progress for four years likely means that she doesn't have any close matches. Oh. So get your DNA checked and put it in GEDmatch. So the fact that DNA Doe Project has had it for so long, and even with all the miracles they work, they can only solve it if there's a match in GEDmatch for them to work off of. So just like we asked last week for 50 to 63 year old women to put their DNA in there. (laughs) If you have any missing relative, even if it's from the 70s or the 80s that you haven't seen in a long time, just put your DNA in GEDmatch just to make sure. Like, these Jane Doe's have to have a family. This lady did not go through 50 to 65 years on this planet and not know anybody. Never meeting anybody or making a connection. There's no way. Could, I, I mean, it it does not seem likely at all. Yeah. So that brings us to Theoryland. Theoryland! Which is where you've been all episode. <laughs> Can you blame me? It's the best place to be. Yeah. But there's really only two theories in this anyway. So, I mean, it probably would have been better just to talk about them as we went. But really, the only two theories are serial killer or domestic violence. I mean... That's... I mean, what else makes sense? Yeah. I mean, we could go over the serial killer theory a little bit. I mean, what are the chances that she met a serial killer randomly who killed her? Um, you know what? Actually... This, it could be. I mean, in the 80s? Maybe. (laughs) You know who that could be? Samuel Little. You got it. Yeah, but Samuel Little targeted sex workers in their 30s. Yeah, marginalized people who wouldn't be missed, you're right. Yeah, so even if 
she was a victim of a serial killer, just say, on the very unlikely chance that she was a victim of a serial killer, why wouldn't she have been reported missing then by her family? Well, if it was somebody who wasn't from the area or was kind of on the outs with their family because they had gotten into drugs, even at a later age, maybe that's why. Maybe, you yeah, know. it just doesn't seem very likely. There was no evidence that she was doing drugs, so. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, it just doesn't seem very likely. So the other, the only other really theory is that it was domestic abuse. And that would I mean, make I... sense why she was never reported missing, because why would her husband report her missing if he killed her? Yeah. <laughs> She's not missing. I know where she is. Um, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think this is the likely scenario. It also makes a lot of sense if he knew that she, maybe she had been arrested for something, even if it was for something minor. You know, he might have known that her fingerprints were on file, and that's why he cut her hands off. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So, I don't know. Those are really the only two theories, serial killer or domestic abuse. So, really, the only hope to identify her now is if somebody comes forward saying they have a missing relative that they haven't seen in a long time, and there's a genetic match or genetic genealogy. I mean, I don't... It doesn't seem like they have any other evidence that they haven't tried something with. Yeah. And this is more of a West Coast thing, too. So, hopefully, our audience, which is mainly people on the West Coast, mm -hmm. might have a connection. It'd be so yeah. dope if we solved, if we helped solve a Jane Doe. That would be the <laughs> coolest thing ever. Yeah. So if you have a missing aunt or grandma, cousin, sister, anybody that you haven't seen since the early 80s, file a missing person's report. Or have never met because yeah. maybe they weren't born in 84 like us. Yeah. File a missing person's report, though. Even if your family's like, oh, she just ran off with a boyfriend. It's like, yeah, but do you really think she would have never contacted you for 100 years? Like, just file the report. If they're alive, the police will find them. Everything will be fine. And also put your DNA in Jed Match. Okay, love you guys. Definitely put your DNA, DNA in Jed Match. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you. Cool. I love you, too. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. This podcast has been a production of Orange Halo Media, LLC, hosted by Grant and Erica. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. To chat with us, go to From Crime to Crime on Instagram, From Crime to Crime on TikTok, From Crime the Number 2 Crime on Twitter, or you can visit our website at FromCrime2Crime.com. See you next Wednesday.